بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم in the name of Allah most gracious most merciful the principles of leadership by Dr. Yusuf Ibn Uthman Al-Huzim part 9 principles of leadership in Islamic heritage It was said to Abu Ubaidah, listen to the companions of the messenger, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, involve them in affairs and do not take decisions without examining the facts. Indeed, this is war and it cannot be overcome except by the contemplative and proficient man. Umar ibn Al-Khattab. May Allah be pleased with him. The leadership principles of Umar ibn Al-Khattab. Major General Muhammad Sheet Al-Khattab describes Umar ibn Al-Khattab, also referred to as Al-Farooq, a name he was given by the Prophet may peace and a blessing be upon him, meaning the distinguisher between haq, right, and batil, wrong. The distinguisher between haq, right, and batil, wrong. So, Major General Mahmoud Sheet al-Khattab describes Umar al-Khattab in the following summary of his words. Umar may Allah be pleased with him, was proficient in the selection and appointment of leaders. He would give priority to the Sahaba companions of the Prophet and those belonging to the first generation of predecessors and was strict but not boorish. Umar may Allah be pleased with him, was well known for his uh, physical strength and dominance and came from a family of noble descent. He relied on the concept of shura, consultation, as a system for his administration. In doing so, he would take advantage of major occasions such as the Hajj pilgrimage season to review and appraise his mastery in the art of counseling and advising. And he would even advise the enemy and juveniles, young men, uh, Al-Farooq, may Allah be pleased with him, was distinguished by his uh, propensity to gather information and for requesting his uh, leaders to inform him of its details. He was passionate about the fate of his army and those who lost their lives and as such he would commemorate the soldiers through their families. Umar ibn Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, was considered towards those who were new to Islam and towards animals. First and foremost, he concerned himself with uh, dispensing justice to his workforce and addressing their petitions, and he would uh, impartially subject the entire community, community, including himself, to the Islamic constitution and system. As for Umar ibn Khattab's qualities and characteristics, may Allah be pleased with him, he was distinguished by his courage and insight so much so that the messenger, peace and blessing of Allah, once remarked, were a prophet to come after me, he would have been Umar 
uh, he would have been Umar. May Allah be pleased with him. At Tirmidhi, he w- he was renowned. He was renowned for his great individual strength and fortitude, and he was a born warrior such that he would gallantly jump onto his horse and combat with a stick. He bore responsibility and was therefore frank in expressing his opinions and he would make rounds to inquire about the condition of his rule for himself. History recalls the story of how he just justly reacted to the Arab woman who spoke out against him and how he held the son of, uh, of Amr ibn al-As to account. His superiority in leadership was greatly acknowledged and trusted in, first and foremost by the messenger of Allah himself. Uh, may the peace and the blessing of Allah be upon the messenger. And then by the first caliph, Abu Bakr. May Allah be pleased with him and with them both. While also having confidence in himself and having earned the trust of the people, including his enemies. He also had a charismatic and influential personality with a noble eminence due to his powerful background through his father and, and family. Omar, may Allah be pleased with him, was the ambassador of the Quraysh during Jahiliya, the days of ignorance, here in referring to pre-Islamic times, while possessing a profound knowledge of the science of war. At this point, it seems necessary to recount some of the things that he said or that were said about him. Omar, may Allah be pleased uh, with him, once said, people adhere to their imams, religious leaders, and their guides will not stray from the straight path. He also said, subjects obey their imams as long as their imams obey Allah. It is reported that Al-Hurmazan, the Persian, once saw Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, reclining in the Prophet's masjid. It is reported that Al-Hurmazan once saw Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, reclining in the Prophet's masjid, uh, mosque, upon which he said, By Allah, this is truly a happy ruler. Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, On the contrary, the Arabs are like the nose of a camel or the face that follows its leader. He looks at his leader to see where he is leading him. And by the Lord of the Kaaba, house of Allah, uh, I will lead them on the path. One day Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was giving a sermon in which he said, Indeed, Muhammad, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, was sent with the truth. If a camel died because he lost his way on the shore of the Euphrates, I would fear that Allah would question the family of Al-Khattab about it, meaning his family. A relative of Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, once asked him for money, at which point Umar cast stones at him and had him removed. It was then said to Umar, O leader of the faithful Amir al-Mu'mineen, Amir al-Mu'mineen, uh, someone asks you something, you, so you scold at him and have him removed. He said, he said he was asking me for money of Allah. What would be my excuse if I had discovered him to be a treacherous king? Though I would not have reacted this way, uh, though I would not have reacted this way had he asked me for my money. 
when Umar embraced, may Allah be pleased with him, when Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, embraced Islam, it started to thrive. The Muslims began to openly invite people to Islam. They would sit close to the Kaaba and circumambulate it, and they took back their rights from those who defamed them or, or usurped them or usurped their rights. Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was dominant and eminent so much so that the Messenger, peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, said, by him in whose hands is my soul, the Satan never once encountered, the Satan never once encountered Umar walking in one direction without running in the other. Once Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, had been walking with a number of Sahaba of the Messenger, peace and a blessing for Allah be upon the Messenger, uh, behind him he stopped and turned around to look at them though to his surprise he did not find a single one of them on seeing this umar fell to his knees his eyes filled with tears and said oh allah you know that i fear you you know that i fear you more than they fear me uh, abdul rahman bin auf may allah be pleased with him once addressed a group of muslims to whom they said speak to umar ibn khattab as he is more favored and higher in rank than us by allah we can barely look at him out of awe on the authority of abdullah ibn abbas may allah be pleased with him who said i spent a year waiting to ask umar ibn khattab about one verse from the quran but out of awe i could not bring myself to ask him al hassan said there was no better companion to the messenger peace and blessing of allah be upon him than umar May Allah be pleased with him, not because he observed the uh, longest prayers or fasted the most, but because he was the most ascetic person on this earth, while being the strictest in enjoining the command of Allah. Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, was asked about Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, to which he replied, he was like a vigilant bird who would see every path as a trap. Al-Mughira bin Shu'aba uh, uh, referred to Umar saying, By Allah, his virtue prohibited him from deceiving and his mind prevented him from being deceived. Umar once said, I am not a cheat, nor has a cheat ever deceived me, or I am not a cunning or a deceiver, nor has a deceiver ever deceived me. Among his uh, most uh, uh, prominent qualities was the criterion he would use to select and appoint his men or leaders. Major General Mahmoud Sheikh Khattab, may Allah have mercy on his soul, cites the following. 1. The leader would be from among the Sahaba companions of the Messenger upon whom be peace, as only the Sahaba could be ordered to carry out conquest. Umar would not put any other than the Sahaba in charge, nor would he ever accept for a Sahabi to be put in charge of something that was not suited to the Sahaba. In general, the Sahaba experienced long and useful trials in fighting under the command of the leader, the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad, may the peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, during which, during which they would make the highest and uh, severest sacrifices, as well as encountering the noblest and most prestigious ethics of war and peace. Uh, as well as uh, uh, carrying out the noblest and most prestigious ethics of war and peace towards the Sahaba who would valiantly engage in battle and for that reason the Sahaba suffered more deaths than the others. 
with reference to the Battle of Yamama, which took place between the Muslim force headed by Khalid bin Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, and the apostates headed by Musaylim the liar, the death toll suffered by the Muhajirun immigrants, the Ansar helpers, and the the townspeople amounted to more than the entire Bedouin population. The number of Muhajirun and Ansar from Medina who were killed came to 360, while the number of uh, Muhajirun and Ansar who were from other than Medina amounted to 300 men. It was on this occasion with the death of all of these Sahaba that Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, commissioned the compilation of the Quran in writing for fear it or for uh, for to be uh, of the Quran for writing in fear of it being lost mean uh, to be put in writing Abu Bakr As-Siddiq the honest or the truthful Abu Bakr As-Siddiq the the, the, the honest ordered Khalid ibn Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, to take half of the people with him during his journey from Iraq to the land of uh, Asham, the Levant, and to appoint the Al-Muthanna ibn Al-Haritha, Al-Shaybani, as the successor over the other half. Khalid chose, uh, chose all the Sahaba with the Messenger, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him for himself, leaving those who had not been with the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, albeit the same number of people he then chose those who had shown passionate support to the Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, for himself, that thereby angered Al-Muthanna ibn Al-Haritha, Al-Shaybani, who had been left with those who had merely been convinced despite amounting to the same number. He then divided the rest of the soldiers into two groups, at which point, having seen the outcome, Al-Muthanna got vexed and said, By Allah, I am not revolting except for the order of Abu Bakr. And by Allah, I do not uh, request victory except with the Sahaba and the Prophet. Uh, may uh, peace and the blessing of Allah be upon him. Having seen this obedience and loyalty from Al-Muthanna, Khalid was pleased with him. The Messenger, peace and the blessing of Allah be upon him, would uh, extend gifts to his companions and was always an extremely and was always an exemplary model to them. As a result. Uh, of that they were swayed by his influence and guided by his guidance they never departed from his teachings and they raced towards death and longed for martyrdom Omar may Allah be pleased with him preferred the uh, Sahaba belonging to the first generation of predecessors over others over others and to limit their scope of work he also preferred them to have the most prestigious work of that time Umar's first move following the death of Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with them, was the commission uh, those people uh, with Al-Muthanna ibn Al-Haritha al-Shaybani to the people of Persia, which took place on the night of Abu Bakr's death before the Fajr prayer. The next morning, people began to give him their bay'ah, pledge, homage, while he continued to commission them for the Battle of Persia. This carried on for a period of three days, though no one had been delegated to Persia. The reason being was that at that time, Persia represented the most hated place by the Arabs who saw it as uh, the greatest threat to them due to the austerity of the rule and the uh, control and subjugation that they had over their nation. Due to the... uh, not 
due to the severity of the rule and the control and subjugation that they had over their nation. As a result, on the fourth day, he decided against it and instead assigned the people to Iraq, the first of whom was Abu Ubaidah bin Mas'ud, Abu Ubaidah bin Mas'ud, followed by Sa'ad bin Ubaid and Salit bin Qais. Once this delegation had been assembled, someone said to Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, appoint over them one of the Sahaba belonging to the first generation of predecessors among the Muhajirun, immigrants, immigrants and the Ansar, helpers. Umar said in return, by Allah I will not. For whilst Allah has advanced you through your swords and your speed towards the enemy, should you, should, should you show cowardice and disdain uh, your encounter, then entrust leadership to whoever is the first among you to push you and respond to your call. By Allah, I am not appointing over them other than the best of delegates. Then he called on Abu Ubaidah, Salit, and Sa'ad, and addressing the latter two, he said, as for you two, if you put yourselves forward, then he is entrusted with you. As for you two, if you put yourselves forward, then he is entrusted with you. Then he said to Abu Ubaidah, listen to the companions of the messenger. Uh, may peace and blessing be upon the messenger. Involve them in affairs and do not take decisions without examining the facts. Indeed, this is war and it cannot be overcome except by the contemplative and proficient man. Uh, uh, Umar was the best uh, one. Umar was the best at being contemplative and cautious leader as well as recognizing opportunities and knowing when to seize them. He knew how and when to attack and to withdraw from the battlefield. Umar said to Salit, if it weren't for your hastiness, if it weren't for your hastiness, you would be commissioned to a position of authority. However, war is fierce and it cannot be overcome except by the contemplative man who is efficient and recognizes opportunities. Two, Umar desired to be a strong and dominant commander possessing uh, a charismatic and influential personality. Thus, if he believed one man to be stronger than the other, he gave preference to the strongest of them. Accordingly, he employed Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan over Sham, the Levants, having dismissed uh, Sharahbil bin Hassana and executing him before the uh, people. Uh, sorry, and excusing him before the people. Accordingly, he employed Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan over Sham, the Levant, having dismissed uh, Sharahbil bin Hassana and excusing him before the people, saying, "I am forbidden." from employing a man after having found someone stronger than him. Three, as a leader, he requested brave and uh, soldierly men. When he sent Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas to Iraq to occupy the post of general commander, he said, indeed, he is a brave and soldierly man. Four, when Umar would assemble the Muslim army, he used to appoint uh, Amir, head from the people of knowledge and jurisprudence over them. He would be unsatisfied with the appointment of desert nomads over those who uh, dwelt in, in the towns and cities. As evidence of this, Umar once asked Utba bin Ghazwan, Who did you employ over the people of Basra? He said, uh, Mashaja ibn Mas'ud. 
أو مشاجع or مشاجه ابن مسعود to which he remarked you employed a tent dweller over a city dweller these were the advantages of Umar's leadership he had a glorious and esteemed past in the domain of war and in his servitude to Islam he had practical experience in warfare he was strict but not boorish he was conscious of opportunities and he knew the right time, place, and occasion to engage in war, as well as stopping it. He possessed a strong personality and enjoyed full control over his men. He was courageous and soldierly, and he was a scholar of jurisprudence. These are the same pros recognized by both modern and classical scholars specializing in the art of war. In terms of uh, Leading Omar, may Allah be pleased with him, would ask himself the question, What is required to be done? Then he would ask, Who is the best person for that job? He would then consult others on the matter, after which he would subject the public welfare to this guidance and insight. For this reason, Omar's leadership succeeded in leading the Muslim armies that were, are, and will continue to be marvels in the history of war. The leadership principles of Umar uh, ibn Abdul Aziz. Dr. Muhammad bin uh, Mshabbab al Gahtani states in his book, uh, uh, state in his book, uh, Umar bin Abdul Aziz extracts from the leadership model of Umar bin Abdul Aziz. As such, it is possible for us to start with uh, portraying his characteristics, may Allah have mercy on him, as a model for the characteristics of leadership that leaders are required to possess. Umar bin Abdulaziz would not only say what he thought, but he would say what he thought and elaborate it, and he would then put it into practice. This includes, one, the characteristics of faith, firm belief in Allah and the last day, profound fear of Allah and apprehensiveness about the day of resurrection, two behavioral characteristics, honesty and having an aversion to lying, patience, conviction, uh, discretion and forgiveness, boldness, openness and truthfulness, high determination and ambition, asceticism, humility, piety, firmness, justice, intellectual qualities, a deep understanding and awareness of matters, articulate, expressive, and eloquent speech. Hence, it can be argued these qualities were and continue to be a subject of great significance to thinkers and intellectuals of management, and that the pioneering efforts of Umar bin Abdulaziz were unprecedented in establishing a practical model for application that incorporates those distinct leadership qualities. As for the first set of characteristics, this uh, specifies firm faith in Allah and the last day, and secondly, a profound fear of Allah and the day of resurrection. Together, these comprise what are known as the characteristics of faith. Such phraseology and descriptions are not present in contemporary managerial thought in Western and Eastern sociopolitical and economic academia. However, these are However, these attributes can be taken into account by thinkers of management in Islam and by those interested in their significance to leaders and managers, specifically as 
constituting social and humanitarian aptitude. With regards to the leadership characteristics of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz that fall under that category of intellectual qualities, these have uh, reappeared in alternative terminology in the more recent works of modern management scholars to include concepts uh, now known as personal skills and artistic skills. The leadership principles of Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, al-Ghazali, may Allah have mercy on him, says, know that if a leader is both mighty and fruitless, uh, know that if a leader is both mighty and fruitless, he may create conversation and dialogue between the righteous. Uh, Al-Ghazali, may Allah have mercy on him, says, know that if a leader is both mighty and uh, fruitless he must create conversation and dialogue between the righteous and the wicked the corrupt and between the winner and the loser he must ramify envy and every accidental and unintentional object of desire it is therefore necessary to remain principled elderly collected and patient and fulfill hopes to meet expectations and to to prompt their attainment this is considered of prime importance as Muawim Allah be pleased with him said give importance to the attainment of noble matters for I would not have had a people for my Khilafah or Caliphate if I had not given importance to them. The affairs of your associates are the subject of interest and fascination of every sect including the sects of other nations therefore if you if your party group of associates is offered support, then take on those people who bear the characteristics of gentleness and religious spirituality and who remain headstrong when faced with the controversy and respond to harshness with harshness. O student, behave in this manner towards the kingdom, address the people according to their intelligence, show justice and respect to those who help others satisfy your uh, army, console the downhearted, be fair even to yourself and satisfy your guards, governors and uh, workers. Dealing with the bribes is an obstruction and falsity. Dealing with the bribes is an obstruction as an obstruction and falsity of the truth that spreads injustice among your subjects and turns hearts away from you whether you deal with them secretly op or openly. O student, behave in this manner towards the kingdom, address the people according to their intelligence, show justice and respect to those who help others, satisfy your army, console the downhearted, be fair even to yourself, and satisfy your guards, governors, and workers. Dealing with the bribes is as an obstruction and falsity of the truth that spreads injustice or injustice. Uh, or un, uh, or uh, injustice among your subjects and turns hearts away from you whether you deal with them secretly or openly. The other path to observe in the interest of the kingdom is firstly the generous spending of money and secondly by the sword of hope. This however requires one to abandon miserliness concerning soldiers to remove the call of the oppressed and to not uh, oppose inalienable rights. It is necessary to allocate a period of time every day to investigate the condition and state of subjects and those equal to them, the general public, as oppression is ramified through negligence, especially with regards to guards and workers. 
having a group of ministers and people endowed with knowledge, intelligence, and experience pertaining to judgment and advice is better for you to keep you from straying from the right course of truth and reward. For if one is not honest and reliable to himself, then what about towards his equals? The leadership of Abu al-Hassan uh, al-Mawardi. The leadership principles of Abu al-Hassan al-Mawardi. Al-Mawardi's principles of leadership are divided into uh, principles relating to A, the morality of the leader, and B, the politics of the leader. Between a commendation and vilification, he states, I am aware that people who lack morality by their very nature can neither be wholly praised nor partially vilified. This praise cannot be rectified by leaving it to the will of nature. It might only be accomplished through developmental and ethical coaching, as one cannot have uh, decent conduct without decent morals. A person must therefore direct himself so that he has the capacity to deal with others' politics, as some of the rulers of the past have said, whoever starts with his own politics will discern the politics of the people. Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon, upon him, said, Extremity is not in extremity, is not in spontaneity. It is that which entraps you at the point of anger. Al-Bukhari. Extremity is not in spontaneity. It is that which entraps you at the point of anger. Al-Bukhari. The morals of the leader are attributed to the following characteristics. One, having tranquility and dignity and averting arrogant pride and showing off. As for kibir, arrogant pride and uh, uh, showing off, uh, both lead to criticism and both are adverse in essence. Uh, showing off stems from the nafs, the lower base self, and what it reckons of its virtues. As for arrogant pride, this comes from one's status or rank and what it reckons of its superiority. Distinctly, arrogant pride has its causes, the greatest of which lies in being uh, well-connected and authoritative and from a lack of associating with efficient people. Showing off also has its causes, which come from the ever-praising of the individual by relatives and those who seek to, full, uh, to flatter him. As for dignity, its efficiency is a resultant of one hastening towards the desires, chasing suspicion, avoiding taking prompt action, and the failure to give due recognition, the outcome of which causes one to be bound by the extremity of silence. Dignity means here, I think it means arrogance. Uh, two, adopting honesty and being cautious of deceit. Adopting honesty is one's speech. Adopting honesty in one's speech and being cautious of deceit by not allowing oneself to succumb to it, except as a guise in the deception of war, as war is deceit. Al Bukhari, Hadith number uh, or Al Bukhari number one thousand two hundred ninety-eight. Uh, three. Beware of anger. One is wary of anger and prevents it as it is the evil of the powerful and the impairment of the obstinate. It not only corrupts matters and creates chaos, but the extremity, intensity, and immediacy of it 
immediacy of it prohibits one from ruling effectively. The messenger, peace and blessing Allah be upon him, is reported to have said, when the Sultan becomes outraged, Satan dominates. When the Sultan becomes outraged, Satan dominates. Ahmed. Four, beware of guile and obstinacy. Guile refers to slyness, cunningness, and controversy. As for obstinacy, this is persistent antagonism. Five, patience. On occasion of incidents that have not yet been addressed and in suffering the brunt of an affliction, it is easy to complain instead of having patience and nobility, which is, uh, which is a result which ha- as a result which as a result has little impact in relieving one's chest of worries. Uh, six confidentiality patients cannot rectify matters in times of haste without confidentiality. For this reason, confidentiality is the greatest cause of victory and most crucial in the plotting of the enemy. It is narrated that the Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said, Help yourself in matters by doing them discreetly. At-Tabarani. Seven, consultation. A king should not pursue matters according to his own discretion as the outcome of his thoughts serves to expose his secrets. Turning to the opinions of others to take counsel with them allows him to engage with the understanding and uh, with the understanding and forbiddance of uh, trustworthy, God-fearing people, so that they might impart their experiences to him. The Messenger, peace and the blessing of Allah, would say, "No one was ever happy by making decisions on his own, and if you consult others, you will not be miserable." Al-Bayhaqi. Eight example, one does not enjoin the truth without starting with his own actions, nor does he prohibit bad without first abstaining himself. One cannot blame others and not blame oneself. As some rulers have said, better yourself for yourself and others will follow. Nine, uh, reverting to the truth, do not deter from the truth except under compulsion or provided there is proof to act. Reverting to the truth is the first rank of knowledge and verifying its proofs. 10. Holding oneself to account. Refinement by probing one's morals and etiquettes and for the guardian to monitor him as he monitors his enemy. With regards to the policy conduct of king's leader, this is 1. Being grateful of blessings and bettering one's course of conduct. Allah the Sublime says, but seek with that wealth which Allah has bestowed on you, the home of the hereafter, and forget not your portion of lawful enjoyment in this world, and do good as Allah has been good to you, and seek not mischief in the land. Verily, Allah likes not the mufsidun, those who commit great crimes and sins, oppress, oppressions, uh, uh, and sins, oppressors, tyrants, uh, mischief, mischief makers, and corruptors. Al-Qasas, uh, chapter 28, verse 77. The Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said, or, sorry, the Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, is also narrated to have said, whoever takes the good path will reap its reward and will be rewarded from this world to the day of resurrection, and nothing can detract from that reward. Those who take the wrong path will reap the sins 
of that path and the sins of this world till the day of resurrection and nothing can detract from those sins muslim to the deen the way of life the religion of the king some leaders have said the king or leader should disdain uh, anyone from his subjects who claims to have a superior faith to him just as he should do so to anyone claiming to be a more proficient leader than he is uh, in his covenant to the kings of persia uh, ardashir uh, bin uh, babak stated certainly religious certainly religion and the king are twins nothing is undertaken by one of them without his other religion forms the foundations and the king is its god therefore the king does not have to be the foundations nor does religion have to be the god as there is no god for the missing like uh, there are no foundations for the demolished three just policy or just behavior uh, the components of a just policy are desire fear equity and demanding righteousness including taking revenge these are as follows a desire the call for harmony proper compliance and obedience inciting compassion and imparting advice it is said whoever tr- trust in your patronage sympathize <coughs> sympathizes with your king ruler it is said <coughs> it is said whoever trust in your patronage sympathizes with your king the ruler be fear to settle differences with the obstinate and to suppress the endeavors of the corrupt c equity this is the justice in which subjects can rely on and which gives order to the kingdom it is said whoever is just in his rule is satisfied with his assistance some rulers have said a king will sustain under disbelief while it will not sustain under injustice d demanding righteousness motivation this pertains to the issue of monetary distribution as justice can neither be realized by entirely abandoning funds altogether nor by just taking from it rather both are essential to justice and a king cannot be righteous otherwise e the policy conduct of the king leader towards his assistant and attendant followers he is aware that neither he nor his subjects can have integrity without the refinement and cultivation of his assistants and attendants this is because a king leader is not capable of issuing direct orders on his own and therefore relies on the efficiency of his confidantes uh, abur was once said whoever relies on inefficiency is not efficient of corrupt opinion false suspicion and exaggerated hostility uh, the basic elements embedded in the selection process of qualifying assistants entails examining his own people probing all attendants analyzing their mentalities opinions substantial knowledge and intentions to the point of penetrating their surfaces and discovering their innermost hopes secrets and ethics In doing so, the leader will be able to identify the varying and contrasting natures and interests of people, distinguishing the individual nature of each person so that it can be dealt with in an appropriate manner. In effect, this prevents him from giving to someone 
undeservedly assigning trusteeship to someone unfit for the position. He does not deprive someone of the salary he deserves and that which he has earned. All of these scenarios would serve to discredit his policy. Uh, Bahram Gore said, there is nothing more harmful to the king than not being able to trust his informant and not being able to administer that which he has been advised. It was said to the Persian commander and minister, Boruz Jamhur, how do the affairs of the, of the Sassan family, how do the affairs of the Sassan family Persian dynasty remain unsettled with the likes of you amongst them? He said, because they sought the assistance of mindless workers for major operations such that their family affairs no longer were their own. The characteristics of the minister leader according to Al-Mawardi. I'll stop here. Uh, this is page uh, 137. And I'll continue later on. Alhamdulillah.